you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 531 of the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. And yeah, in case you're wondering, heck yeah, we're live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about the fact that home ownership right now, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, they're becoming accidental landlords. They never intended to be a landlord, but now they are. And it's all been driven by, well, fill in the blank here in just a moment. Also, we talked a little bit on show 530, but we never got to the story because we're talking about chat GPT. In fact, if you didn't hear our conversation about chat GPT, make sure you go back, hit the rewind button, listen to episode 530. Because you guys, it is so compelling, and I talk about why I love it, and Ron talks about why he is concerned. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. They just did a study, Ron, around the country, and they say, yeah, when it comes to workers in America today, well, what workers are left, uh, four out of ten say that their job is bad for their mental health. Ron, is this that generation of 20-something, 30-somethings being a little, you know, uh, not as tough as their parents or their grandparents that were all bootstrappers? Or is there something in here that we should all be paying attention to? I find these things really interesting, and I had a, my instinct was similar to yours. I, I dovetail this as well with a recent star, story in the Seattle Times by the FYI guy that said Seattle uh, it leads the country in, in people that report feeling anxious. Uh, I think for like four or five years in a row, it's an an alarming statistic. It it happens every year. So you have a high anxiety. You have this dissatisfaction with the job. And my first instinct was to go, yeah, that's what happens for a lot of jobs. Like your job for for a lot of people, you just got to, you know, find something that you do and you're generating income and like, uh, you know, buck up buttercup. Like I, I get that mentality. But then I pause and go, wait a minute. Like, like we've all met that person that hates their job, uh, or maybe even, uh, I, I remember times in my life where I just had to work to eat and was really unhappy at that specific job and couldn't wait to quit and couldn't wait to go on to a different job. I worked in a manufacturing factory for a while in Woodenville, and my job was to polish up these metal parts and then send them over to the welding station. Could not wait to, to get out of that job. And when I had coworkers were like, you've been doing this for seven years or eight, boggled my mind and so that boggled your mind that they had been doing it for seven seven years yeah and so like it was it's just a different mentality but then i think about well okay we're not in a world war ii anymore like we're not in you know the 1800s anymore we we, our society has matured uh we've come a long way since then and we're preparing for world war three preparing for world war three yeah so maybe the the generation that's like i i want to actually 
not be in a job that is soul sucking. I want to be in a job. I actually want to be in a job where I have some fulfillment and it doesn't make existential dread for me. That I think in a way can be progress. Maybe that's a a good thing to say, uh, can we create a society where people have some job satisfaction? Can we create a society where it doesn't induce dread and anxiety every time you go to work? I think it's a noble goal, and I don't think it's going to apply to every job out there, but I think the fact that people recognize it and want it to change, I think that's a good thing. What about people that are lazy, though, and are gaming the system? Because that's... That's alive and well in any, in any society. And, and how do you separate those that just they need a break from a job that's mundane to those that are just like, yeah, man, if I can. We, we saw a lot of people and the Biden administration knows this, that game the system during COVID. Biden has an election coming up, so he's trying to re- retrieve all this cash. And they're putting stories out there like, look at this pastor and his son. And they went out and bought cash cars and stars, and they stole $11 million, whatever they stole. And you usually see those stories around tax time, and we're seeing that. Uh, but 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 what do you do about that? I, I don't do anything about it. That's not my job. Like, like, I think there was a time in my life when I was concerned about what everybody else was doing and if everyone else was... Uh, you know, on the take and I wasn't. And, and as I've aged, I was like, there's always going to be people that, that are trying to take advantage, but I can't, if if I let those people live in my head rent free, it doesn't, it doesn't do any good for me. That's good. It doesn't increase my happiness or my satisfaction to think about If I'm spending my time thinking about someone else who's not working as hard as me or who doesn't care as much as me or whose values aren't in line with my values. What does that get me? I mean, that produces bitterness. It produces anger. It produces me thinking like I'm better than them. And so I've chosen to like, let that go and, and acknowledge that it's there. Don't pretend like it doesn't exist, but it doesn't help me and it doesn't help society. And so I'm interested in inspiring people to be better and to be more fulfilled. I think the important thing is at least we're having conversations about mental health. I was thinking about this the other day and I shared the story. My son and I will go to ice cream and at this ice cream social we have, and we'll do it a couple times a month, two to four times a month on a Friday when I go pick them up. We'll take these spoons that a friend gave me, our names are on them, and we'll sit down and we'll eat our ice cream and we'll check in and we'll see how our mental health is. The other day, there was somebody on the phone with me and they were on speakerphone. I didn't know my son heard and they lit me up and they said some things that were just horrific. I, I've never had anyone talk to me like this on the phone before. And I'm sitting there just going, Whoa. and he heard that and he came in, he knocks on the door, he comes in. I said, what's going on? He goes, you know, I shouldn't have been listening, daddy, but I over- overheard what that person was saying to you. And I just want to check in with you and see how your mental health was. He's 12, right? And I'm just like, at least this generation is having these conversations. I have to say, when I talk to my men, to, to my friends, especially men that are kind of around my age and older, when I ask them about their mental health, a lot of them still don't want to talk about it. I heard something uh, the other day, and I want to throw this out at you, and this is not being nitpicky. I was listening to a guy called uh, Simon Sinek, who's a speaker, and he works a lot with the military and uh, written some books and everything. And he's like, I'm going to not use the word mental health anymore. And he goes, and here's why. I'm going to start using mental fitness. He's like, because if I go to the gym one day, and it's just off, like I'm just, I'm there, 
my workout's not happening. Like it, it. it doesn't feel like I'm engaged that day and I'm going through the motions and it was just a bad day at the gym. I love it. He goes, I don't then think I'm not fit. (laughs) He said, so he goes, it was just a bad day at the gym. And he said, when we use the word mental health, it makes you, he says, it makes me, he's talking about himself, makes me feel like I'm either healthy or I'm not healthy. That's good. And he's like, I, he goes, it's so in the same way when I'm at the gym, there are days that are just off and I'm having a bad day he goes it doesn't mean i'm not mentally healthy it means that that was a bad day and so he goes i'm going to start thinking of it for me the same way i think of the gym as mental fitness and so i can work on my mental fitness and not have it be so high stakes yeah. where I don't feel like I'm unfit that day. That's really good. I'm going to use it. Yeah. yeah. And so and I was that. like, I'm going to try to adopt that as well That's because yeah. I've had some days recently where I didn't feel very mentally fit uh, and I felt like I was struggling and I can identify what it was um, and I don't really want to go into it on the podcast. But after I heard this Simon talk about that, I was like, okay, like, yeah, those were bad days. But it doesn't mean I'm I'm not mentally healthy. It means that I had some men, some bad days mentally. Yeah, and I I saw that, and and I called you, and I just said, hey, I'm um checking in, and 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 sometimes that's like I checked in with you last night on something that was very personal to me, and you answered the phone, and I think we had a five minute conversation, knowing that there's someone that will take that call and listen to you, even if it's only five minutes. That's a big part of. Uh, not hanging on to something and ruminating and having that roll around in your head, but knowing that you have a friend that you can call and say, Hey, I'm not even shopping for your advice right now. I just need to tell another human this. Yeah. And you were there and I appreciate that. Well, so. I, I'm, I'm glad you, that I'm one of those people that can be there for you. And, and I like Thank this you. concept of mental fitness to go today's workout sucked mentally. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not fit. And tomorrow I'm going to try a different workout for my mental health, my mental fitness, and see if that feels better. Yeah, more on the other side. Hey, you guys, it's Ron, Don, and Mon. That's not going to work. Ron, Don, and Mara. Ron, I don't have the, like, switch to Mitch. Get Mora with Mar. I'm going to have to work on this. I, I, I'll come up with something. You know, I always do. But in the meantime, we've got a brand new team member we're pretty pumped about, right? We do. Mara has joined Team Ron and Don for the real estate venture. And Mara, you uh, had a background in tech. What's the type of person that you feel like you could really serve well in the real estate capacity? Definitely people who have just moved to Seattle or even people who are living in the city but are tired of paying their landlord's mortgage. Um, Yeah, so the cool thing is with your background in tech, you understand there's kind of a negative connotation for the tech bros that are coming in, but a lot of people are recent college grads, maybe your late 20s, early 30s, and like you want to establish roots in Seattle. Definitely. Most of the people working in tech are not the horror stories you've heard of the tech bros and are people like you and me that have just moved to Seattle, love the city, and want to establish ourselves here. I figured it out. If you want to work with Mar, you don't have to go far. She's sitting right here. In wow. fact, we can do it. Uh, Ron and Don sit. I hit it. Mar Faro? I, I don't know what it is. 
Farah. But and just Mark. when it comes to phrasing, I'm a freaking genius, you guys. And why wouldn't I be? Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don podcast. More of the podcast coming up. In the meantime, if you need us, you need Marsh, you didn't go far, all you got to do is reach out. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. More of the show coming up. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us as realtors, broadcasters, or friends, just reach out to us, Ron and Don. Sit down. That's right. Run it down. Sit down.com. Uh, I've been planning my son's spring break. I've been planning a, uh, something we're going to do here in the summer. Uh, Ron and I are thinking about doing a diving trip together with my son. We're all divers now in the fall. It's kind of interesting because I went to buy some tickets the other day for spring break and I was really blown away at how expensive they are. So I started looking into this and I know that a lot of aircraft got parked during COVID. And you know what happened? 18% of that air, they're still not in the air. But what's interesting about that, even though we have 18% less of those aircraft, we still haven't returned to 2019 air traffic, but we're accelerating and we're getting there very quickly. Ron, a lot of people say, well, this comes down to jet fuel. Fuel's very expensive. It's just not jet fuel anymore. It has a lot to do with the people that take care of that jet and fly that jet. And it's really interesting to me because some of the pilots association that picketed last year, yeah, they got a bump in pay and we're going to have to pay them over the next three years, 34 more percent than we're paying them right now. And the airlines aren't paying that. You and I are going to pay that, right? Uh, This is one of the unions that I really support. People that fly my plane, like I want, <laughs> I want them to be the best, yeah. most highly paid, most expert people. Of good mental fitness. Good mental fitness. Yeah. Them and like any sort of surgeon I would have or a doctor that is doing a, pr- a procedure on me. Yeah. I want that. I'm I'm a hundred percent behind their pay increases, especially for pilots because they get forced out. Um, when, is it 62, 63, something I like that? I believe it's 62. 62, 62 and a half. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if you can pass all the tests. It doesn't matter if you're super physically fit. Uh, when you hit that, you are out. And so I think because of that reason, I don't have a problem with a pilot getting paid more. And, and in the article, it talked about Southwest pilots. They haven't gotten a pay increase, I think, in like four years. And we know we had a client a couple of years ago during COVID. They got forced out of a pilot's job uh, because, you know, they, at first they were like, hey, it's COVID. Nobody's flying right now. We're going to sort of furlough you. And then as time went on, they're like, and we basically need you to go away now. And so here's a package and like, go away. Which he did. And he went and drove a truck. He's actually back flying airplanes now, though. Uh, but you're right. He had a hard time finding an on-ramp back to the airline industry, but he has. So, and so I, I don't mind that at all. Um, and I don't. I think even the flight crews that are on there deserve to get paid more. The harassment that they've had over the the the, the pandemic, the people that uh, disobey or direct orders inside the aircraft, the stuff they have to put up with to me is is absurd and we've seen just a steady uptick in bad behavior with the airline so i don't if it cost me an extra 20 30 40 bucks to fly these days and i just did a cross-country flight back and forth um i'm okay with that what are some tricks if you have time on your hands and you know you have some time to go ahead and book your flights and you know like for instance you and i were thinking about going on this trip in the fall 
Uh, what are two or three tips that you would give people so they don't have to pay so damn? Because because the thing is, you're like, oh, three hundred ninety six dollars, and by the time you get your real seat and the real part of the plane, and the seventy nine dollars here, and the hundred and thirteen here, and the bag thing, and then the Uber drive, by the time you get done, that 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 seat may may have doubled in cost. Uh, by the time you figure it out, oh, this seat isn't three hundred and ninety six dollars. What are what are some of the tricks of the trade that you do? In your worldwide travels, um, a couple of them. One is uh, something called being open jaw, and open o- what? Open jaw. So open jaw would mean I am going to have a hidden city uh, inside my my flight plan. So let's say I'm flying to London, and I'm going to use Iceland Air. Well, I can do an open jaw thing where I spend 36 hours or two days in Iceland. And so, and, and still go to London. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go to London, but I have this hidden city. And so I'm going to book that, uh, and leave a time gap there so I can experience Iceland for a couple of days or that that's one way you can do it. Or the other thing is to go, I'm going to London, but it's cheaper for me to fly one way to Reykjavik and then one way to London versus booking it straight to london so those are those are two things you can do the other thing that i do is i pay to be a member of a of a site that searches for deals and so it's a yearly membership and i put in my airports and i put in the type of travel i want and it sends me deals when that when their algorithm says oh my god this i went to shanghai i went to shanghai uh, for around around $500, might have been under $500, round trip, nonstop to Shanghai, China, um, because I it was one of the parameters where I was like, I just want screaming deals, and I love to experience foreign cities. So, And then the third thing I would say is flexibility. And so when you're doing this, like Google actually has a really good Google Flights dashboard that you could say, I want to fly to Albuquerque. And so I want to leave on Friday and I want to come back on Monday. And so you'll put that in and then along the top of the search bar, it'll say, hey, if you move this to Thursday night, you save $200. And so you can go, okay, like I could probably figure out how to fly red eye on Thursday night and save that's worth it for me to fly out late Thursday night. Cause I already have, cause my, then you can get there and be totally exhausted. Well, maybe you don't fly red eye, but maybe you go, well, I'm staying with my brother anyway. Oh, so it's like, I don't have an extra hotel bill. So yeah, I'll fly Thursday or maybe instead of flying back on Monday uh, afternoon, if I did Tuesday no. morning, Smart. I saved, I could save $200 on either side of that. So just being a little bit flexible, doing open jaw flights, uh, doing hidden city flights um, and being open to deals and like paying for a membership on sites like that. Yeah. I found that to be really valuable. If you're, if you're, and we'll finish with this. If you're a fan of old AM talk radio, my grandma and I used to stay up. I was born in Chicago and my grandfather would go, they, they would, they'd bring their travel trailer over. My grandfather would stay on the travel trailer with my brother. My grandmother would come in cause she's insomniac would come and sleep in the bunk beds where my brother used to sleep. And then we would listen to Bruce Williams and Sal- Sally Jesse Raphael do a show called Talknet. Someone to talk to, someone who cares, someone who knows. Always be there. Tune in, turn on Talknet. We care. Remember that show? Sally Jesse Raphael, you know her from TV. No matter what you think of it, she was a brilliant broadcaster on radio. Brilliant. And with Bruce Williams, you could call in and talk about any topic. He was coast to coast. And he really loved to talk about what Ron's talking about right now with travel. And I didn't know it was called Open Jaw, but you could call him and say, Hey, Bruce, I'm flying to London. 
what should I do? And he would kind of, ex- you could pick any city in the world. He'd have restaurants. And he and would hotels. explain to you, and this is before the onset of the internet and all that, how to do that. And uh, it was it was thrilling to, to listen to that. So it's it, it's kind of fun to re- remember Bruce Williams as you're Back talking Back when we were on the wireless before the interwebs. <laughs> One more segment on the other side. Here comes a message, you guys. Hey, you guys, big announcement on the Ron and Don Show. Mitch Weeks has changed his name to Mitch is Strong. Yeah, Mitch is strong (laughs) when it comes to financing. And a lot of people out there, Mitch, they think, hey, do I have to put 20, 25, 30% down on a house? What does Mitch Strong Weeks say about this? What say you? Great question. No, most people think 20%, and that used to be the number, but first-time homebuyers can actually put as little as 3% down, which is huge. Houses are still expensive. They really are. And if you can put 3% down and just on a million-dollar home, that's as little as $30,000. A lot easier to save $30,000 than two hundred. I'll tell you what. Absolutely. So Mitch, is what, is, what he's going to do when you meet with him and you go to Mitch.loans, set up your time to talk to Mitch, He's going to show you all the programs, not just one program or not just one bank. You're going to have all the different programs, all the different rates, all the different time frames, and all the different ways to get into a house, even if you have 3% down. So switch to Mitch. It's really easy. You can go to Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. As you know, we're not just broadcasters, but we're realtors, and we're bringing a lot of cool properties right now from down south, the east side, up north. Uh, if you have a home to sell, we're experts at making sure we don't spend too much money on that house as we bring it to market, especially in a market like this. It's a little choppy. Uh, I will say, though, in some neighborhoods, if you were selling last March, uh, where really we're at the peak of the market in home value, uh, we are in, in certain neighborhoods, we're back to those numbers uh, believe it or not. If you're way out there in a bedroom community, there's still a correction going on. But in other neighborhoods, uh, we're beginning to see multiple offers again. And don't forget, about 28% of the buyers out there, they're cash buyers anyway. So they want to step in. They want to buy. They want to own real estate. And now is a really important time if you're thinking about investing and buying. Buy it in the chop. Buy it while people are standing on the sidelines. Don't be driven by the interest rate because you can date that rate, but you can buy that piece of real estate like we always talk about. And we're happy to help at runitonsitdown.com. What's really interesting for a lot of people, and I have this conversation because we'll go out, I'm looking at a house up in North Seattle right now with one of our clients that bought a house and they have an interest rate that's just under 3%. They're at 2.9%. And the question is, when I went out to see them, they're like, yeah, you know what? We're thinking we would like to move to West Seattle. And so we're getting ready to do some work on this home. And it's the kind of work that you have to do in a choppy market where maybe when the market was bonkers, it didn't matter, right? You could sell a house that had a cockpit kitchen. You could sell a house that was still on an oil tank. You could sell a house that needed a paint job, a bad roof. People were still buying these homes and they were all being driven by the fact that they had this rate. They weren't dating the rate. They were marrying the rate when it's under 3%. What's happening now and, and this is going to become a real issue in, in housing, right? We could sit here and build millions of homes every year, six million homes this year. We could build those homes, and we're still not going to catch up to the amount of homes 
that people need in this country, right? And it's all because if you go back to 2008, 9, and 10, you think about the cranes that were in downtown Seattle or Bellevue. Think about that big hole that was over in Lincoln Square and that hole was just sitting there. Kemper Freeman, I think, walked in, bought that hole and said, we'll build a building. It took years to do that, though. I think about a big hole down the street here uh, from where I live. And I used to teach at a place called Denali Fitness right across from that. There's a big hole in the ground and there was no one to fill it. Finally, the Seattle Storm are going in there right now and they're building their new practice facility uh, here in Seattle, Washington. What's happening, though, is people are like, I need to move. Like, for instance, our people need to move. They're raising a baby. They live somewhere. There's lots of aircraft going overhead. And they're like, we don't want to do this anymore. And so then the thought becomes, as I'm having conversations with them, and a good realtor will always explore this with you. Hey, you have a home that's sitting at about 3%. Do you want to hang on to this home? Because dealer is, is a realtor. We want to sell homes, right? That's what we do. We want to sell and buy homes. I try to convince people sometimes to hang on to a home and use that as leverage to buy the second home. For them, I'm like, do you really want to sell this home? And they're like, we have no interest in being a landlord. We have no interest in running an Airbnb. We have no interest in people calling us, having issues, hiring a management company. We have no interest in the exposure of owning this home. We want out. We know where we want to go. We, they have other ways that they're using to own and buy real estate that is more commercially driven that other people organize. Or there's a lot of people right now that are getting into storage. Lots and lots of people that are getting into storage because even commercial is struggling a little bit, especially with the retail down below. Some of that retail, specifically here in Seattle, that brick and mortar has gone away. And it's gone over to the east side where people feel like there's policing there's not tents, derelict RVs, and they feel like it's safer. That's why in downtown Seattle right now, about 30% of the buildings, yeah, they're just sitting there, and there is nothing going on inside, which is really crazy. What has happened, though, and I saw this happen with my neighbor up the street. He's like, I bought this house. I probably paid too much, but I owe 3% on it. I have to move back to Colorado. I want to come back to Seattle and stay here once in a while. And so he said, could you show me the Airbnb business? I showed him that business and what he has learned. It's a real pain in the hair when you're not really running it as a business. And with Airbnb, and we're going to talk about this more on our, on our Friday show coming up, and they talk about this Airbnb bust. The, the, the thing is, if you don't do a good job, running your Airbnb like a business and really paying attention. And all it takes is a couple people to have a bad experience, turn you into Airbnb. If they write you and you don't write them back in an hour, you're going to have a lot of issues. If they have an issue in the house and you don't get that issue fixed, even if they caused it, like I had a guy go out, get drunk, threw all this stuff in my toilet, especially all his vomit, back the toilet up, and boom, vomit and everything everywhere. And then he calls me to fix the problem. Well, isn't that his problem? He's the one that, it's not. It's your problem as the host. And so with people coming and going, the wear and tear on that house, it can really work if you scale it. So I have a number of these, right? Yeah, if you scale it and treat it like a business and you get good responses. I've been a super host now for six years. Airbnb sees me as a super host. So all my all the all the all the buildings, all the homes that I own, 
All the things that I'm presenting online, I'm at the very top of their algorithm. So my Airbnbs are always full. But you are not paying, if you're not paying attention, if my neighbor starts to not pay attention, I have hundreds of reviews. He has two, right? So you got to get to the point where you get lots and lots of reviews. So if somebody gives you a one star, you're okay and you survive that. You have to be, you have to remain a super host in order to stay at the top of that algorithm. Otherwise, you're going to be real trouble with VRBO or Airbnb, and it is going to be a bust for you. You'll still be on their platform, maybe, and they can kick you off for all kinds of reasons. Once you're kicked off, they don't let you back on. They just don't. So, but let's say you're still on the platform. If you're not a super host, they're not really sharing your ad. You're at the very bottom of the algorithm, and then your place sits there empty. And then where's all the money that you're going to use to pay for the note and the debt service on that house and the maintenance and the capital improvements? That money is not there. So I just want to caution people. If you're thinking about VRBO, Airbnb, and that's going to be the answer to hang on to that 3% interest rate, you better be game. And for a lot of people to go in and just traditionally rent out a house, it's really hard to do that, you guys. Because if you owe, let's say, a million four on a house, and that particular house is in a really nice neighborhood in Seattle, you're probably you're you're probably paying ten thousand, eleven thousand, twelve thousand dollars a month on that particular note. And guess what? You're not going to be able to get someone traditionally to walk into your home and, and and say, yeah, I'll pay 10 grand a month for this house. It's not going to happen. Even if it's a really nice house, maybe you max out at 665, may, never 7,000. So you're traditionally renting this out. You're not on Airbnb. Well, if you don't have that debt paid down enough, now you're feeding this property and you're having to use your W-2 job or your 1099 business to sit there and feed that property. It's investment. We call that a feeder. You do not want to own a feeder. You want to buy something down, get it low enough where either it's a push and you can ride appreciation or, or, or not. you can pay the debt service, the maintenance, put everything away for a rainy day, and you can even force that thing to cash flow. Very, very, very difficult to cash flow if you're not willing to do a short or a midterm rental. Ron, what say you, because uh, there's lots of people out there and lots of our clients that have gone out and they've tied themselves to a 3% interest rate and they're like, yeah, I'm in a position now where I have to move. What do I do? What's your goal? I mean, that, that's the place that I always start with. Uh, and it's one of the things that when, when Don talks about Airbnb and the multiple properties, he has a very specific goal. And if your goal, like this client that said, we don't want to be a landlord, they have a different goal. So the, the thing that I always start with is what is your goal? So if the goal is that, um, I want to build wealth through real estate, then I think you keep that house with the low interest rate and we figure out a game plan uh, so that you can keep it. If your goal is to not do that and to free up some cash for other things, that's a different goal and a different target to shoot at. So knowing what your target is, knowing what's important to you, and also knowing what you don't want uh, is very, very key. So like when, when we sit down with clients and go through our Ron and Don sit down process, we try to identify that. Uh, there's not a one size fits all answer for everyone. Um, some people could have the same portfolio of real estate that Don does and be absolutely miserable and it drains the life out of them. Uh, Don and his portfolio, it gives energy to his life. So we have to find out what is important to you, what makes you tick and what your goal is. And then once you do that and you're in alignment with those goals, 
uh, life becomes a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable because you're living in in harmony, if you will, with what makes you tick. And so uh, I hope real estate's a part of that for me, and I know it's a part of that for you. If it if it makes you excited, then uh, I would love to talk to you about it at uh, you know ronadonsitdown.com. Yeah. Does it make you tick or does it make you tick tock? That's good. <laughs> tick or ticked? Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to episode 531 of the Ron and Don Show. If you want to get in touch with us, just reach out. Yeah, Ron at ronanddon.com. He's Don at ronanddon.com. You can sign up for the nation news at ronanddon.com. We're doing a lot of great work with all our subs around the Seattle area right now, bringing on lots of cool, cool, cool homes. And it doesn't matter if you're down in Tacoma or Everett or Arlington or all the way out to Woodby Island on the east side somewhere, Granite Falls right here in Seattle where we live. Uh, we will come to you and we will use the leverage of the largest social media following of any realtor in Western Washington. And this podcast with almost 2 million plays now, we'll use the leverage of this to help sell your house. And it's something that we do all the time, you guys. You want to sit down with us? Let's do it. Ronandonsitdown.com or virtually meet. Takes 30 to 40 minutes. And if you know somebody, you can refer us. We would love that too. Just ronandonsitdown.com. We appreciate all the referrals. We appreciate the power, the love, the connection that we have with the Ron and Don Nation. And it is so fun to come out and sit at your kitchen table, have a cup of coffee with you, and do a Ron and Don sit down in person. Because that's what we do after we sit down we come to your place, come to your spot, or if you're a buyer, we'll go to a coffee shop, we'll sit down, and Ron will actually pay for your first cup of coffee. All right? Ronandonsitdown.com. If you need Ron, Ron at Ronandon.com. I'm Don at Ronandon.com. Again, everything at Ronandonsitdown.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don. That gets you up, Charlie, doesn't it? Yeah. He just woke up. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>